Father, we come before you just as we are. And we stand before you on the account of the righteousness of Jesus. And for that reason, we worship you. We give you all the glory. That we didn't come here following any sort of divine protocol to approach you. But because of the sprinkled blood, because of the blood of the new covenant, we are able to have access to your throne directly. And as we sit before you, we pray that you will speak to us, Lord. You will give us insight, foresight, and understanding, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please take your seat in the beauty of holiness. Amen and amen. Okay, so in the last four weeks, we've been looking at a, um, a series titled Commonsensical. And under Commonsensical, so the four weeks passed, um, we've done one session of Commonsensical. So Commonsensical is coming in sessions. And every session will have parts. So in the first session of Commonsensical, uh, we are, have been looking at the 12 ships that can sail through the storms of life. The argument is that life is like a journey on stormy waters. And to survive, you need certain ships to be able to survive. It's not every ship that has the capacity to survive some storms. And I've been dealing with the 12 ships that you need. In ship number one, we discuss censorship. And I said, you cannot determine what comes to you, but you can determine what you accept. Number two, I spoke about authorship because life is a story you must write yourself. And if you know how to write your story, you are able to confront storms and you deal with storms. Number four, and number three, I spoke about relationships because human beings are the best support systems you have in times, in times of crisis. I went on to look at worship, number four, because worship works for you, works for you, and makes way for you. We went on to look at leadership because those who lead themselves move forward. We are good. And then number seven, we looked at head hardship. Because it will make you strong. What will not kill you will make you strong. In fact, we looked at how you, perce you perceive hardship. How you see hardship will determine your reaction to it. We went through that. And then with eight, we looked at workmanship. Because you must become an achiever to gain respect in life. And then we went on. So, eight. Followership. Then we looked at followership, which was, and then from followership, we looked at what? The biblical roadmap. So, we have looked at how many now? We have looked at nine. Oh, I thought we looked at 10. We have, we have actually looked at 10. So today, my intention was to do 11 and 12. My assumption is that we have looked at 10. 10 of these things. If you have missed it, check your notes well. 
So, tonight you are looking at 10 and 11. When I finish, we'll check our notes. If I'm the one who has missed one, I'll bring it back. So, we have done nine. Have we done mentorship? We haven't done mentorship. So, we are doing mentorship today. And I thought mentorship is 10. So, we jumped it. So, now we are doing mentorship, which is number 10. Okay. So, we are looking at mentorship. I thought it was number 11. So, we are looking at mentorship today. And it's very crucial, very important that you have these understandings. Now, we all, we all need role models. We need examples to follow. One of the major keys to success is to look at successful people, how they did it. Look at the roadmap and follow it. If I build a house and the house is nice, and you want to build the same kind of house, you don't bring your builder, your contractor, and stand outside the house and look at the building and decide to go and build some. It will not look the same as mine. At least facially, it will. But the strength of the building does not depend on its outward beauty. It depends on its hidden foundation. So you have to know my drawings and and then follow the drawings so that you can build the same way. So usually, people that enjoy success and their success is long-lasting and can withstand storms are people that study other successful people. Now, we all have areas where we want to be successful. So what is success to you might not be success to me. So we all have different people we want to follow and learn from so that we can become successful. I, by the grace of God, have met different people and I've sat under different people who have taught me. Now, if we sit under a pastor who has pastored a church successfully and is sharing with you how to build a successful church, it's different from somebody who has not passed it before, but even has a PhD in church growth, trying to teach you how to grow a church. It's different. Because the one who has built a successful church and has grown a successful church will be speaking to you based on a certain track record and will give you solid, solid information that cannot be found in any book. Are you here with me? So it's important that you commit yourself to reading about people that are successful. Especially if you have access to that successful person. Then, the better. That you can ask the person, how did you arrive here? How did you get here? So, in Christian mentorship, we are talking about imitating those who have imitated Christ and have become very successful. But in doing that, in having Christian role models, so let, let me go systematically and show you something. So there are basically about seven areas of our lives where we want to be very successful. Seven areas of our lives where we want to be very, very successful. 
We want to raise functional families. We want us to be successful in raising our families. Everybody here wants to marry. You want to enjoy your marriage. You want to raise godly children. You want your children to grow to be better than you. Even at a very young age, girls will be talking about babies. They have dolls and they, they are carrying them. Boys, similarly, when I grow up and I marry. When I grow up and I marry. Because, because if you are created with an, a family orientation. So God sets us up in families. So one of the things, areas we want to be very successful is the area of families. Now, when you see that you are struggling to build solid, functional family, you have to learn from people who have done it. Okay? You have to learn from people who have done it. One way that we really, we really feel very offended and insulted in marriages is when the spouse tries to compare his the husband tries to compare his wife to another wife, another man's wife, or the wife tries to compare the husband to another wife's husband, another woman's husband. It really becomes a tough thing to take. But sometimes that is one of the best ways to learn. Because you must learn from the people who have become successful. Sometimes we say, oh, they are pretending. It's only when they come to church that they do. Do you know what happens in their house? At least their pretense is even good. So, <laughs> so learn from their pretense. If their pretense is giving them good image, learn from their pretense. But the most important thing is that certain people, and certain people are family oriented. That's why, for instance, when you are going to marry, your parents want to know which family is the person you are going to marry come from. What kind of family does the person come from? Come from? Are they coming from functional families? Are the mother and father still married? Are they Christians? What is the culture in the house? How do they value families? Is the man coming to marry you and then your siblings cannot visit you? Is the woman coming to marry you and your siblings cannot come to the house? You can easily tell this by looking at the family where the person is coming from. Do they have those kind of nucleus family values? You can easily tell that. So the, if you are a family-oriented person, you want to find people who are really especially if you didn't get the opportunity to come from a functional family and you know that your family is dysfunctional your big sister is not talking to the junior brother and your junior sister is not talking to the other one they are siblings who are not on talking terms and some have not spoken for years when you enter into a house you can find siblings who believe that my my sister is a witch or my brother is a wizard and it's a wicked so they don't get on you can find a man who has given birth to different children from different with different women and does not take care of them 
and you have to grow on your own and there is rivalry in the house. Serious rivalry in the house. So, you, and so if you come from such a house and you are a family-oriented person, you want somebody who comes from a good home to mentor you. In fact, that's what we call peer mentoring. Sometimes you don't even need an older person to mentor you, but you want to be a friend to someone who is coming from a functional home to learn, to have a taste of what a functional home looks like. Are, are you here? Do, do you understand? So for some people, their focus is, I want to marry and marry well. Everybody, we have set of values, but other people's have better they, they focus on certain values. There's somebody who feels that no matter how successful I am, if I don't get a good home and be happy and raise good children, then I am a failure. So the person will place more emphasis on, on, on having somebody who has a good functional family to mentor him or her. Okay. Finance. For everybody, nobody wants to be poor. Everybody wants to be rich. At least everybody wants to have a decent life and a decent income, have a decent accommodation, have access to um, medical facilities. If you are sick, you want to be able to have money to go to hospital. You want your children to go to good schools. You want to make sure you live well. You can put food. Um, you, you, you want to have access to a good life. And that is what carnality. We were created, we were put in the Garden of Eden. We were wired to live well. So you have people who look at prosperous people and want to learn from them how they made their money. How they made their money. They want to look at prosperous people, study from them how they made their money and also make their money. So you can have somebody who, whose area of success that he wants to have is to, have, to become a prosperous person. And the person will study hard and go through the mill and have one prosperous person to be his mentor and study and follow that person. Well, for some people, they, they feel that the pain they have gone through in life is because they made bad friends and now they want to make good friends. And sometimes they admire a certain group of people in their office or a certain group of people in the church, how good they, they been. Like for instance, when I became a Christian, the most important thing I wanted was to have Christian friends. Christian friends that I can learn how to pray from, that I can learn how to, to study the Bible from, that I can learn how to grow in the Lord. Now, some, of, some people, this is so important to them. I remember... Speaking to my senior brother, he was attending one church in Germany. And one Sunday, I called him. He hadn't gone to church. And I said, brother, why? So I'm trying to change the church. I said, why? So, you see, I want a church where I can find friends that I can grow. And that was a very, for me as a pastor, it was a very strong statement for me. So people can come to a church like this and they look for friends. I have come to the pleasant place because I want to grow in the Lord. Will I find a group of people who, by my association, can give me spiritual mentoring? 
Certain people come, they have just started a professional life. Fresh graduate, landed a job in, in a bank or in an insurance firm or in a financial institution and then comes into the church and sees a group of people who work in a financial institution. He wants to make sure, can I form friendship here and get mentorship from these people? So, so church itself is not only a place where people come to find spiritual growth. People want to have bonuses. The spiritual growth is the main objective. But people want to have bonuses. Can I grow my career here? People will look for it. And beyond the church, people actually go out of themselves to look for, for friends who can help them mature, grow, and achieve their goals and aims. Most people don't make friends for, for just socialization. Some people make friends, successful people make friends to build social capital, which is important. For some people, they want to be, they want to grow spiritually. So they want spiritual mentoring. I'm sure some people are here in this church because they want my mentoring to help them grow spiritually. They feel that I present a more balanced way of spiritual growth so that you can grow physically and spiritually. Spirit, soul, and body. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly. Spirit, soul, and body. So we are finishing a new AstroTef small park. I'm calling it Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. And some people, Minister Olenu was telling, oh, Daddy, this is not fair. Was it Minister Olenu or one of them said, Daddy, this is not fair. And I said, well, build your stadium and name it. Name it Red Devils Arena. Or whatever it is. Once it is ready, we are introducing prayerobics. We are going to reintroduce prayerobics. Where we meet on Saturday morning, we pray and we do aerobics. Because as a church, I also want you to be healthy. I want you to be healthy. I don't want to be visiting you in hospitals all the time. They call somebody, your church member, you see this one. I want, us, want you to be healthy. But if the spirit is willing and the body is weak, the spirit cannot function the way it should function. So, so I present a more balanced way of Christian growth. Like what I teach on Wednesday is aimed at helping you build your soulish capital. Builds your soul. What I present on Sunday is more to build your spirit. So we have a very balanced church. And somebody will be a member of the Pleasant Place Church and will not go to any other church because the person feels that I'm receiving enough spiritual mentoring from here. Health. One area people want to be very successful is in the area of health. Which I just spoke. Some, some people will just join a fan club because they want to be healthy. We'll go to the gym and get personal trainers. I got a personal trainer who nearly killed me. The guy was strong and powerful. And wanted me, he was a small boy in his late 20s and wanted me to do the things he was doing. And in most cases, by the time he gets to my place, I'll be the fifth person he's coming to train. 
and he's the guy, you know. And so he became my health mentor. You know, trying to mentor me to bend all these fats and to live a healthy life. And I want to live long. And I want to remain a young man for my young wife. My wife doesn't grow old, she grows young. You know, one time I was going out with her. When I came down from my part of the house to the bedroom to get her, you know, all the time you have to wait for your wives. I mean, uh, like before they finish looking at the five mirrors, one hour is gone. So she was going somewhere, she started to accompany her. When I got down, the way she was dressed, I said, This one, if I follow you, other man will take you away from me. In fact, they will call me and say, uh, buddy, can you tell your madam that <laughs> I like her? You know, so, so I have a health mentor, somebody I look up to who is healthy, who drives me, who drives my passion, who I look to and say, well, I want to be like you. I remember being in a crusade with Matthew Ashimolo and he was preaching and then he lifted um, a, a chair uh, to do some, to show an example. And then he had it on his shoulders for about 15 minutes and he was talking. And this man is in his 70s or getting to his 70s. Uh, yeah, he's in his 70s. He had lifted a thing like that. I just looked at him. I said, so I started to research what he does. Oh, he plays golf every this thing. He does this every. So it, immediately he motivated me. So I've asked Kevin to look for a golf. I, I think I even got Judah to get me, he registered me for um, lawn tennis. Thing. I just played like three times. I stopped. Now I've, I've asked Kevin to register me for golf. You know, register me for golf. And I want to see Kevin go and register me for golf, and he will not register. <laughs> That's why I'm sending him. It's a strategic sending. I heard this spoken about career. People look up to people. And they look at their career. This man, I want to just be like him and the way he is. So they find these mentors. Some people, education is the most important thing. They want to go become PhD holders. So they read about people who are studying, who are learning, who are listening to mentor them. But one thing I realize is that most of the role models suffer from something we call the successful, the successful failure syndrome. The successful failure syndrome. Now, the successful failure, failure syndrome, somebody can be a very successful family man. You will see him and his wife and children come to church. You will appreciate you. This is a good man. This is a good wife. They are raising good children. But then you get into their lives and you realize that what to even eat, they don't have. So they are successful in their family, but in their careers, they suffer from failures so it's called the successful failure syndrome so it, you can't find all this it's difficult very difficult to find one person to be your mentor to find one person to be your mentor now so because most of the things you want to and everybody wants to be successful in these seven areas i've just outlined here but you will not find you will scarcely find one person Having all these success. I've just told you I'm struggling with how to exercise. 
you know, I am 53 now, and I want to feel like 40. And I need to make sure I can exercise and feel like that. So that by the time I am 70, I preach like 50-year-old man. When I hit 80. Because I, I want to make sure I bless all of you, your marriages. Dedicate your children. Dedicate your children's children. And I'll still be here. And we still come to church without walking, with walking stick. Still coming. And still walking. And then 120. 120. If you are still giving birth, I'll hang around. And, <laughs> and dedicate them and bless them. Now, to be able to achieve good success. So, any, if you want to achieve all these seven areas of success, there is something written in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You see, one of the best ways as a Christian, the Christian mentorship, you've met, you imitate the people that are imitating Christ. No matter how successful you are financially, if it is not done in Christ, if your money is used to finance things that promote ungodliness, then I will better be poor than have money and promote ungodly things. So you need to follow people that are following the example of Christ. Are you here with me? You must follow people that are following Christ's example. Now, if you jump the notes I send you, you jump, 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 jump. There's a place I've written the seven things every Christian must learn from Jesus. So, so, to be able to have success in all these areas of your life, there are seven things that you must learn from Jesus. Or, if anybody is following these seven things from Jesus, then I recommend that you follow that person. Because see, what will make you successful in all these areas is based on your spirituality. If you become spiritually successful, the other success will follow. So number one, follow Jesus' example, a prayer, a prayer life. His prayer life. Luke 5, 16. But, often, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One of the major secrets behind the success of Jesus in his mission was the fact that even before he started, he went on to 40 days of fasting and prayer. And continuously, Continuously, the Bible says, oftentimes he will go to lonely places and pray. In fact, there are sometimes that he goes on a mountain top and prays the whole night till the morning. But when he walked on water, he was actually coming from an all-night prayer meeting when he came walking on water. If you don't have the prayer life of Jesus, you can't walk on the water he walked on. Are you here? So one of the things you need to learn 
if you want to have good success, you want to have total success, is to number one, follow the example of Christ. Or follow any man who is following the example of Christ. The first thing I want you to learn from Christ is the prayer life of Jesus. And he taught us something with his prayer life. That man cannot depend on his own intelligence to become successful. You have to depend on God. And Jesus started his own ministry by teaching us that dependence on God makes you victorious. It doesn't take the devil away from you, but it makes you overcome the devil. After the 40 days of fasting and prayer, who was the first person to visit Jesus? The devil. Prayer does not keep the devil away. It keeps you stronger to overcome him. The devil tempted him. Brother, can you get the children from there? If you want me to do your work for, for you from the puppet, I'll do it from here for you. So, do you understand what I'm teaching you? So, I'm following Jesus' example. You know when you saw this order in the church, he put it in order. So, please, oftentimes, go to lonely places and pray. Find time. Don't be too busy. Now, Jesus was, was the new kid on the block. He, I mean, he was famous. People were following him. Do you know that is when he has done major miracles and he's getting that trash in the Bible says he will withdraw. Sometimes when we see little success, we allow it to engulf us and we put our all in it and we forget that there's a devil lurking around. And then, in, and then we build things. Then the devil comes and breaks all on us. Jesus knew that he would be tempted in all ways, in every way. And one way to survive temptation is to pray. He knew the devil would tempt him. That's why he went for 40 days and 40 nights of prayer. So learn these things from the Lord himself. Learn it from the Lord himself. Number two, his purity. His purity. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So Jesus was tempted in every way. And if we look at the context within which they have put this, they are trying to let you understand that Jesus was not tempted as God. He was tempted as a human being. He was tempted as a human being. The girls tempted him. The, the, he was tempted with money. He was tempted, every temptation you go through, he went through the same temptation, yet he did not sin. Why? He had a solid prayer life. Solid prayer life. Want to have total success, good success? I want to recommend that learn these things from Jesus. But in Matthew 11 from 28 going, where he spoke about we should come with our burdens and he will give us rest. He goes on in 29 to say, learn. In verse 29, learn from me learn from me learn from me you the best person to learn from is jesus number three his pursuit of purpose jesus place of purpose was amazing was amazing first john 3 8 the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The purpose of Jesus was to destroy the devil's work. 
And all Jesus came to do was to focus on that. Go on the cross. Die on the cross. Liberate us. Imagine if Jesus had not died. Where would you have been? Where would you have been? Where would you have been? I believe that if I had not died where I grew up, but now I would have been a drug addict, serving some jail centers in, in Samoam, getting ready to be um, released so that I can come back and continue. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes God shows me my future without him. Yeah, so that I can see it. Because I've seen the future of my friends. I've, I've, I've seen the, how, how they have, my friends have become. I could have been. could have been part of them. All the famous armed robber in Ghana who is now serving jail term was Atai. And we used to play football with Atai. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to play football with him. And could have been me and Atai in jail by now. Would have heard that Salih there is some armed robber called Yofi. He's bad though. He's like this. So. so that's why, no matter how God exhausts me, I'm so very humble. Because I look at my life without him. I would have fallen into every temptation. The devil would have had me. But because Jesus pursued his purpose of destroying the devil's work, the work of the devil in my life has been destroyed. <laughs> On the cross. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm a bishop. Can you imagine? And it humbles me. So if you want to become successful, learn from these things that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus pursued his purpose with passion. With passion. He came for one word. Within three years, within three years, he's finished everything. And went to heaven to be with the Lord. To be with his father. Can you imagine? He was so purpose-driven that nothing could, could take his mind off what he was created to do. His personal relations. Jesus' personal relations. So, so mentoring is following the example of, following someone who is following the example of Jesus. Irrespective of who you are, irrespective of how your success is, if your success does not glorify God, if it does not exalt Christ Jesus, it does not evangelize the laws and does not edify the saved, I am not ready to allow you to mentor me. Your success must have one purpose. One purpose in three. Bring exalting Christ Jesus, evangelizing the lost, edifying the saved. If it doesn't do that, why should I follow you? Number four, oh, his personal relation. Let's look at his personal, his, his personal relations. John 15, 15, look at this. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. He said, I have called you friends. For everything I, I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So, so for Jesus, even his servants were his friends. He was able to relate with anybody at any level. He, he didn't, he, he, he was God, 
But he brought himself so low, he could relate with anybody. He, did, he had no class. He came around town and guess what? When he was looking for disciples, how many pastors today will go to the beach looking for to do crusade? Looking for fishermen to be <laughs> their church leaders. I mean, I mean, he came here for a very important business. And then his first group of people he called were fishermen. He went around. And look at Matthew, tax collector. And during those days, tax collectors were hated. If you grew up where, where I grew up, you understand why tax collectors were hated. But where I grew up in Adabraka, there used to be, at that time, we had Accra City Council. And Accra City Council used to collect taxes from the market women. So they used to send the tax masters to come and collect taxes. Guess what? So if a tomato seller, you go to tomato seller, instead of collecting money, they would take tomatoes. Go to pepper seller, take pepper. Go to meat seller, take meat. Go to cassava seller, take cassava. Go to this person, take this. Go to the take. By the time the person is leaving the market, he has fufu in a, in a bag. So they were actually hated in, in my community. They were hated. And in Matthew's case, eh, in Matthew's case, it's like another country ruling Ghana and a Ghanaian collecting tax for that other country. How Ghanaians will hate that person? How Ghanaians will hate that person? That was Matthew's case. That Jesus said, follow me. Hey! That would say he left everything and followed Jesus. Then here was Jesus who was invited to a Pharisee's house. Then a sinful woman. A sinful woman is a prostitute. A sinful woman is a prostitute. Heard that Jesus was around the Pharisee's house. I am sure that she has never been to the Pharisee's house. She couldn't have even passed in front of the Pharisee's house. She would have been stoned to death. Hey! Then she heard Jesus was there. So she went there started weeping. Then the Pharisees said, ah, look at him. He's not even a, a prophet. He would have known who is touching. Know who is touching her. Him. A sinful woman. A sinful woman means that your name is missing. You are, you are now become sin personified. But Jesus could relate with all these people. Most of you would judge me if you saw a prostitute came to church. And I shook hands with her and sat down with her and listened to her. You know how people say? That you should be careful. Oh. All these prostitutes coming to church that she's talking to. She should be careful. Oh. How self-righteousness is killing us. How we sit down and judge people who come to sit, stand here to do things. And we judge them. That is, doesn't know them. These people, they are bad. They are bad. They are bad. You are good. When the trumpet sounds, I'm sure that you'll be first on the line. will be far away following you. When you enter, then we know that we are finished. Because you know what you will do? When you immediately will enter, you stand there like this. If it's a gate, you stand there and say, Angel, don't let this one come. No, no, I know him. No, no. He was in Kotobabi doing drugs. Let him go. Hey, I know that guy. Hey, he's a gossiper. Let him go. <laughs> I had a Roman Catholic priest died and he was in the queue and heard that 
Peter was at the gate with Jesus, and Peter was preventing a lot of people from going in. So he went to Liverpool and caught a cockerel and hid it. And hid it. When he got there, Peter said, No, Jesus, not this man. Then he brought the cockerel out. But then Peter said, Throw it away and pass. Just, just keep it quiet and pass. Now Jesus sits down with his people he calls servants. He says, you're no longer servants. You are my friends. You have become my friends. It's like me in this church. Nobody is my call. Everybody here is my friend. Everybody have access to me. You can come to my office and you can have access to me. I walk on my Saturdays like this. I can just walk in the school compound. Interact with everybody. I have a corner at the restaurant where I sit to eat. And people go, hey, Bishop, so you also eat here? And I'm like, am I not a human being? <laughs> if I sometimes people, people even think that bishops don't eat. There are some of you who cannot even imagine. So, 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 daddy, what does he do with mommy? You, you can't imagine it though. You can't imagine. Are they like are they like are they like friends? Are they like and then you remember, ah, hey, 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 they have four children, oh. They have four children. How? 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 A man of like passion. Hey. A man of like passion. Tempted in every way. Yet did not fall. Are you following me? One of, the way, one of the reasons why I enjoy pastoring is the fact that I have declared my independence of people's expectation. Some of you came from the Church of Pentecost. There's a way Church of Pentecost pastors behave. They want me to behave like that. Some of you came from Catholic. The way Catholic fathers behave. I used to have a member of the church who calls me father. When he's coming for me, father. At the World Trade Center, when I used to come there regularly, there was a guy who from, was from Anglican, every, after every Sunday service, he comes to kiss my ring. See, we don't joke with our bishop's rings, so, so uh, he, he comes to kiss, kiss it. I allow him to kiss it. I mean, what can I do? Some came from Methodist background. They feel that this church should have a church society. You know, and everybody has his own perception of who a pastor should be and how a pastor should act and how a pastor should behave and how a pastor's wife should dress and how they should put on some scarf and how they should not put on lipstick and not wear trousers and all manner of things. The best way to manage people's expectations is to declare your independence of them all. And, you be, and, and that was the problem Jesus had with the Pharisees. He came and he said, he had disciples and they wanted him to be like them. Be like us. Talk like us. Preach like us. Dress like us. Talk like us. Do everything like us. Why are you among the Pharisees? Why are you talking to sinful women? Why, why, why? Why you, why do you have um, task collectors as your disciples? Look at you. You went to Zacchaeus house to eat. Why, why? Why would you go to Zacchaeus house to eat? They couldn't understand him. He called them my friends. I 
I remember when I ate breakfast with um, the taxi drivers. Yeah, in fact, this year, my, breakfast, my birthday, I wanted to do that way, but because of COVID, I couldn't do it. On my birthdays, I went there to eat breakfast with them. They were like, wow, like this pastor is a human being, pow. But you want to be a human being. You don't want to be an angel. You don't want to be a superhuman. You don't want to be anything. You don't want to be God to your congregation. You want them to know that God can use ordinary people by being a very ordinary person doing extraordinary things. Are you here? And Jesus was exactly like that. An ordinary man doing extraordinary things. But that was why everything he did, people were shocked. His disciples were shocked that he walked on water. Has he not been telling them that he is God? Why would they be shocked? He was not using his divine nature to bully them. He was not using his divine nature to bully them. Are you here? He was all right with them. Okay. The next. So his humility, Philippians 2, 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on the cross, he humbled himself. He made himself a man. He was God, though. He made himself a man. He, take hum- he took humility for Jesus to die. Are you here? If we had a little arrogance in him, that small one in your heart, you will never have died. You will never have been saved. He humbled himself. Remember, his father was a carpenter. Even when he was choosing a father to come to the earth, he didn't choose a lawyer or some, some high priest. He didn't choose some high priest. He just, he just chose a carpenter. Who actually didn't even have a house. Who could only do kitchen stools. Do we still sell kitchen stools in town? Yeah. No, there are some carpenters there. That's their expertise. They can only do kitchen stools. Yeah. I remember in middle school. You know, and they do that, that table. Um, and kitchen table. That one with Wawa. You know. I remember in secondary school. Uh, middle school. Middle school, you guys don't know, like JSS. I, I, JSS 1, we have to bring tables. We have to take tables to school. We didn't have money to buy one. We had a kitchen, this thing, um, table. Then my mother called the carpenter and he just increased the legs. They added two by two to the legs and increased it. They became like this. When I sit down, it's like... <laughs> that was the reason why all the dictations in... Um, Form, form one, I filled all. <laughs> 20, 20 detections. I got all wrong. And every one you get wrong, two lashes. So 20, 40. The teacher beat me and said, Get off here, go and sit down. There was something called mental. I mean, mental. Two times three minus four divided by two is equal to, you have to write it. 
You see, I'm writing that thing, but I can't see. Now, if you come from such background and Jesus lifts you, there's no way you cannot be humble. There's no way you cannot remember where he took you from. Sometimes it's very easy for us to forget where he took us from. Sometimes we are even ashamed to talk about where we came from. Oh, we are very ashamed. We are very ashamed. Sometimes when we buy a car, we don't want anybody to know that we ever bought a trotro. We talk our lives from when we bought a car. We talk our lives from when we built a house. Not when I came to Sprinter's Road and I was a squatter. And frogs would not let me sleep by night. When it rained, where mommy and I were living, the whole place got flooded. Got flooded. And we had, we had to arrange stones and blocks and go like this. When you come from town, you had to come like this. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't fall. I think I had angels protecting me. Especially mommy. I think mommy had our two angels, you know, carrying her through. And then sometimes when you are walking, you feel a movement in the water. There was, I, one day I got up, I said, marine spirits have come around. I started praying about it. In the morning, saw some guys from Nima fishing from the, from the water in the house. Apparently, I understand um, the, the type of fish, when, when there's no mud fish, when there's no, during the dry season, they can get themselves into the thing and relax there and wait till water comes and then they come. And we were hungry that day. We didn't have money. We hadn't bought anything. And they held people fishing from the water. I wanted to claim the, the, <laughs> claim the rights of the water. I was say, hey, that's my pool. That's my, my pond. That's my pond. Nobody. <laughs> if I got those ones, you just boil them. Put salt on it. I remember, I remember um, when mommy was just taking seed of Kevin, we were in Teshi, and then the whole day we hadn't eaten. We were believing God. And then, some way, somehow, this man just passes around and brings us um, um, yams. And we have nothing at home except palm oil. And you know Ghana food, Oto. I told mommy, do Oto for me. And I was going to a Wednesday teaching service. I said, do it fast, fast. Let me just eat and go. I ate the Oto. We didn't even have, um, you know, it has to go with um, onions to give it a certain flavor. But we didn't have onions. We just did the thing like that. Ah, then I ate it. And I was just in the church, in the popular, my stomach said, boom. In the middle of the sermon, I said, shall we share the grace? <laughs> in the middle after sharing the grace, I said, I'll see you guys in tomorrow. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have come very far. And Jesus has proven to be Lord. Oh, yeah. He has proven to be Lord. And anyone that has the spirit of God in him or her, is a very humble person. You can't have the spirit of God in you and be arrogant. You are humble. Okay. Now, now, learn from his submission. If you want to become successful in life. Luke 22 verse 42. Father, if you are willing, 
take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Yet not my will, but yours be done. How many of us can come to this place and say to the Lord, Lord, not my will, yours be done. Jesus, he has left his throne. He has seen the pain coming, seen everything coming. Lord, yet not my will, let your will be done. How many of you in recent times have ever gone before the Lord and said, Father, I want to do everything by your will. Not what I want to do, but what you want me to do. I want to know your will for my life. Has any of you ever prayed that prayer? I've shared with you my testimony of how I met Mommy in the Bible school and how she bounced me in my first proposal um, to marry her. And for two years, I never saw her. And I was a very vibrant youth pastor. So I was quite an eligible bachelor. And uh, there were a number of youth ladies in the church who I could have chosen from. But I always felt in my spirit that that woman, that lady I saw in Bible school should be my wife. And nothing less, nothing more. How I was going to meet her again, I didn't know. One midnight, I just got up. I know I'd become born again at 14. I was a virgin. I, since I married Elio, I still felt that, Charlie, 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 I have to know a woman. But I have to know a woman rightly and correctly. So one day I got up at dawn. I prayed, I said, Lord, not my will, let your will be done. Comes to my marriage, not my will, let your will be done. I prayed the whole night on my marriage. Just the whole night. Praying. Praying. Then that morning, Tuesday morning, we usually have meetings in my spiritual father's office so i came to the office we had meetings we closed the meetings hung around with my friends then the evening time i said okay before i go to there was never achimota before i go to achimota let me go to Araraka and say hi to my mom the street i normally usually will not use somewhere somehow that day that was the street i used on that street here was olivia coming olivia where have you been long time so i work here where she showed me where you work i said tomorrow i come and visit you tomorrow i come and i knew god has answered so the next day before going i went to a saloon and blew my hair oh yes blew my hair combed it very nice when they went to i went there to visit her i said olivia i was very confident i prayed before and god directed me olivia how are you? She said, fine. You remember what we discussed in the Bible school? You told me you wanted to settle, find a job and other things. Now I've seen you have found a job. So I have come. Then she looked at me and say, said, go and baba your hair. Oh! Oh! What a calamity. So just from there, I went to barber shop, barbered my hair. Then the next day, I said, I will go. If this girl refuses to accept this, she will give me my hair back. Hmm. 
So I went around the time they closed from the office. Greeted her, I said, I'm hanging around so I can walk her. This thing. And you know, walking her from the center of the Rakatu circle. I didn't even feel it. And I also didn't say anything again. If you had told me to go and bubble my hair. <laughs> that is it. We change your mind. So every evening I went to take her to this thing. Every evening we walk, and then she sits in the car, do a bye bye. And then one evening, somewhere I couldn't go, then she came to look for me. I think I, want, I wanted to see whether she was still interested. And then she came to look for me. I, I told her where I would be. I said, Usually, if you don't find me, around the time you close, I'll be here. So, so she came around, and I was there. She said, Oh, Gideon, you didn't come today. I said, Oh, you are here, let's go. Then as she was moving, I did this at the back. <laughs> she has come to look for me. The battle has ended. Fellow Ghanaians, the battle has ended. Now here we are. Here we are. Let his will be done. Like by now, I would have gone to marry some Jezebel, giving me Jezebelic troubles, Jezebelic killings. Oh, like when I come to preach, eh, I'll be preaching bitter sermons. Praise the Lord. Today, the title of my message is Submitting to Authority. There are a lot of bitter pastors. And their bitterness are not caused by their congregation members. It's from... Oh, Charlie. Can I conclude? Give me 15 minutes. Let me conclude. Let me conclude. Honestly, let me conclude. So, so here are the seven... No, the, the next one, the seventh thing is that learn from his forgiveness. Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. You see, let me tell you this. When people offend you, they offend you based on ignorance. I'm telling you. For Jesus, he said, they don't know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. Listen, real forgiveness is the one that comes without apology. If you forgive because you apologize to, it's normal. It's normal. I'm telling you, even if you offend Satan, you apologize to him, he will forgive you. The forgiveness that comes from you as a Christian, not having the capacity to store bitterness where Jesus is, is crucial. And anybody you forgive, you have authority over that person. So walk in forgiveness and enjoy life. Enjoy it to the fullest. Amen. Okay, so go to flagship. Then I will end here. Next week, I start a new session. That will also help you. So under common sense, I'm going back to some of my old messages and dealing with this. So next week, I'm likely to start what I call the 12 laws of promotion. How to give yourself a lift from obscurity to prominence. Now, 
So flagship. Now, so what is flagship? Usually, see, when a fleet of ship is moving, when a fleet of ship are moving, um, you see one ship carrying a flag. That ship carrying that flag is the one where all the top generals and admirals of the Britain are. And that carries. So the most important people when they are in that ship carries a flag. So the word flagship has not come to mean the most important person or the most important product. So Accra Business School, we say our flagship program is our MBA because that's the cash cow. You, 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 you get it? So, so in my pastoral associates, I have my flagship pastoral associates. My mom, my pastor, I have my flagship pastor. Okay? So how do you become a flagship? How do you become the most important person amongst your group of friends? How do you become the most important person in, amongst your siblings? How, do you, how did Joseph become the most important person? How did David become the most important person from his father's house? God always raises a star on one family. And I want to show you how, how you can do it. So let's go. See, look at look, Numbers 24, 17. I see him. But not now. I, I shall behold him, but not now. There shall be, come a star out of Jacob. Out of every family, a star must come. And I want to show you how these things are done in the, in the next few minutes. How to stand out. How to be the best among the Lord. How, how to, be notif- to be noticed among the Lord. So here are the seven things I want you to have. You must carry. You see, so the flagship, the flagship. It's a flagship because of what it's carrying. It's carrying a very important person. Here are seven important things you must carry if you want to be a flagship. Okay? One, Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Never apologize for your faith. Never be anywhere and hide that you are a Christian. Say it loud and clear. Let everybody know you are. You understand? Put on your t-shirt and write I'm a Christian. Get over it. And let them know that you are. You're a top man. But sometimes, now, now, now Christians are more persecuted than anybody. Now Christians are seriously under persecution. I'm telling you, if you put a big cross on your neck, you are likely to be refused an entry in some countries. They will say that the cross is offending people. So remove it. Or else you won't enter. So it's only those who are very zealous for the Lord who are showing the whole world. Christians. The powerful top Christians. Let Christ grow in you. Let Christ be your everything. The next thing is conviction. It is one of my favorite words. Conviction. Having a belief in something. Knowing that this is what God wants you to do and doing it without a doubt conviction believe in your dream believe in your aspiration doing it and putting everything the amount of risk you will take for something the amount of investment you will put in something is based on one thing conviction and usually your conviction is stronger if you know that what you heard is from god that god told you to do it and that's why you are doing it and then character 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 very important to build character. I've taught you here how at your attitude can determine your attitude. So develop good characters. 
develop wise behaviors. I call character, good character, wise behaviors. When you are among wise people, when you are among elderly people, when, wherever you find yourself, develop and build wise behaviors. I shared with you, I was with some great men, fathers of the land, and we were going to have lunch. And then I counted the seats at the table and noticed that it was shot with one. And some of them have gone to use the washroom. And I had my food on a plate in my hands. And I was eating. And I didn't sit down. And then all of them came, sat down. Apparently, one of them had noticed it. I was interviewing the person. And he said, you see, the reason why you are more us is because you know something. I saw what you did the last time we were eating. When you saw that the, the chairs were shot with one, you didn't sit down. You decided to eat in your place, even though some people were not there. He said, other people would have sat down. But these men, when they were captains of thousands, they pastoring thousands, I was arranging chairs in their services. If by the grace of God, God had given me a seat amongst them, how do I fight them for, for, for this thing? It's called wise behaviors. Wise behaviors. Are you here? Good. And then competence. One of the things that would, no matter the good character you have, no matter the conviction, no matter even having Christ, if you are not competent in what you do, you will fail. So whatever you decide to do, do it well. If we're a carpenter, don't do a chair where one is like this and one leg is shorter than the other. So I say, well, one inch pair, one inch pair. But that one inch, if I sit on it for five years, it will, it will give me a spinal problem. Because that one inch, a chair me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know men who, who even put wallet in their pocket and sit on it over a period of time, you have spine's problem. So you must develop competence in everything you do. And then charm. I've spoken about your outward appearance. Look good, smell good. Great. For, for men, eh? For men, our watches, our shoes, our belts. We better take tip, put up, put up, now. Now they copy bar. Nonsense. Oh, true, 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 true. Invest in yourself. Appear nice. Let your wife be proud of you. Oh, no, Nama. Oh, Mikrunio. Oh, Mikrunio. Mikruni. When your wife starts telling you, oh, I'm going to, oh, no, don't follow me. I'll go and come. I'll go and come. Oh, then you, you, you need to appear top quality. Not money. Even if it's one shirt, iron it nicely. Let everybody know that you are a good Christian. I'm telling you, the, the, one, one of the levels of spirituality is orderliness. When you get certain level of spiritual maturity, you become very orderly. When I'm praying, I've said this, this, this year before, when I'm praying, I get to a level of prayer where I can't stand chaos around me. You see me picking my shirt and hanging them where even the shirt is already hung on a hanger and it's turned a little. Whilst I'm praying, I'll go and fix it well. I'll go and touch my pen. I ring the pen well, pick my watch, set it well where it should be. Whilst I'm praying, you know, I begin to put all these things in order. There's a certain level of spirituality that brings order into your life. There are certain levels of death and bad smell that comes from Satan. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. 
I went to that church. Nobody wanted to sit by me. Your armpit was smelling. We love you, but we hate that smell. Poverty is taught equal to debt. And then courage. If you want to stand out, be courageous. Be bold. And be strong. And be courageous. No emotionally weak person wins anything. Your strength must not come from your muscles. It must come from your mind. Mental strength is stronger than muscular strength. Are you here? The reason why I never fought, I, mean, I haven't fought anybody before. Because the last fight I fought, I was a child. A girl beat me. I decided that I won't fight again in my life. I tried my strength on a girl. She beat me. I said, me, to fight. So physically, I'm not, I'm not muscularly strength, strong. But mentally, you can count on me. Yeah. And that brought me far. That brought me far. And finally, courtesy, respect, honor, politeness opens door for you. Learning, please. Learning good manners will open doors for you. It doesn't take only tongue speaking. It doesn't say, God, give me favor, give me favor to get somewhere else. Listen, all these things are part of the things that comes. Favor is a package. And it comes with all these things. Please, don't ever underrate any man's success. Don't sit somewhere and make bad statements about people's success. People work hard to get where they are going to. Thank you very much and God bless you for spending your evening with me. You are blessed and highly favored. Pray that God will help you translate this word into practical living in your life. In Jesus' name. Lift up that voice and pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to thank you and give you glory and honor for your word. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live by your word to walk by your word in Jesus name.